Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today, 439-6028. 439-6028. Whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, emergency service, bucket truck at service, and bobcat service. Since 2006, they've been performing tree removal service on top of that. Nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439 6028 439 6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439 6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com listening to the john DePietro show folks it's am 1380 99.9 fm can always listen online at our website dipetro.com it's tuesday now think of this let's look at the calendar and happy tuesday one and all it's tuesday it is august 30th so what does that mean well early voting is underway which is wrong but let's look at the calendar next tuesday is september 6th and then the next tuesday is primary day tuesday september 13th so the primary election is two weeks from today and early voting is already underway and think of this it's going to go all this week it's going to go all next week and then leads into the 13th i think it's way too early i don't like this um i know that people talk about handicapped and it's easier for people i think this is far too extreme i don't think you need to be voting this far out i think it increases the likelihood of fraud i think it also plays into uh the whole notion of of that the reason one of the reasons why this is such a um an electorate is why that you know people are not engaged is simply by by the nature of the fact the way the campaigns are being run now someone who does have a new campaign commercial out is and he's up early and i think it's a good move and it's former cranston mayor alan fung who's running for that congressional seat and seeing things seem to be breaking his way he's going to have money uh he is known he's very strong in cranston he's very strong in warwick which is wildly important in cd2 you don't have a lot of providence mayor fung is also strong in johnston he's also strong in west warwick he is strong in coventry uh i think he can run competitive in providence he'll do very well cranston warwick and then he should do well in north kingstown and that's a big big part of the district so they're up it's called america's comeback and uh and it's a positive commercial so i want to play and it's 60 seconds by the way this is uh chris mayor alan fung is a lot different than it used to be as mayor alan fung worked with republicans and democrats to turn cranston into one of the best cities in america new businesses thousands of new jobs a better public school system Don right i did alan, he supported our police and cleaned up the city his superpower he brings everyone together to solve problems well that's cranston's comeback story now it's time for america's comeback alan Fung's the man we need to fight for energy independence to lower gas and grocery prices 60 bucks for a tank of gas putting people first not political parties alan Fung. enough already I'm Alan Fong. I approve this message because America needs a comeback story, just like the one we have right here in Cranston. You know, very positive. Uh, I think he's he's smart to go up this early, and it is a positive commercial amongst the flurry of. Now, you would think we're going to start to see some some negative uh, commercials coming out. So far, with all the Democrat primaries, folks, it's it's all been 
positive. All the commercials basically have been positive. I also want to just, you know, look at the, the state of the races right now. Um, they, there's several mysteries right now. One is the element of Helene. The biggest question mark right now is Helena, folks. And she is, when you meet her, she's ran CVS. She's running, wants to, you know, she's in the primary. It's Governor McKee and Nellie Gobea. She is the one that's kind of mystifying people. I think it's just very possible. Think of this. It's late in the game. You can't go out and really find anyone because anyone that's very competent, they're already locked down with certain campaigns. She's never run before. So she doesn't have that, you know. She's learning as she goes along. She is everyone that meets her she's very very competent obviously i don't know she doesn't need me to say that but the clock is ticking and it is a little surprising that they haven't just may if they're gonna you know let the cannons fly you're getting within the 10 days we're getting pretty close to 10 days before the primary day so that that's a matter whether or not it's going to happen now as far as cd2 uh, I'm hearing that Sarah Morgenthau, who's running against Seth Magaziner, and then you have two other people, uh, Joy Fox, David Siegel, in that race. I'm already hearing that she's already really laying the groundwork, that they think Fung's going to win, and they're laying the groundwork to run against him in two years. So that would make sense why they're holding back. And, folks, sometimes, you know, you have to wonder. You know, everyone everyone has different reasons for running, or maybe it starts to change, or they realize it's just not going to happen. So then how can you improve things and get ready for the for the next time although i i still think magazina that it potentially could be a uh, a winnable election but getting back to the governor's race i'm interested to see what secretary of state gorbea is going to do next this this is interesting that you can calculate the amount of voting that's already taking place as far as now we don't know i don't think you can distinguish between mail ballots or uh, people that are actually going to their town halls and voting early i know it sounds like, let's just make it easy. I, I'm going to just repeat what I've said. I think election day should just be that, election day. You have the Tuesday. Everyone goes, keeps it fair that way. You wait in line. You show your ID. One ballot. Boom, boom, boom. I would even say I would be open if they said, if you can't make it the Tuesday, Saturday before. The Saturday before the election or the primary, what have you. But the polls are open for the, so two days. But this stuff of now, of people just going and casting ballots, and again, as I have said in the past, my uh, something I have a major problem with is the situation with all these mail ballots, with all the situation with the mail ballots, the mail ballot applications. Um, as they say, mail ballots, those can all then just be dropped into different drop boxes and then... You know, as I've said, I, I think you're going to see huge, huge, huge numbers like that. A couple other stories that are in the news. Now, there is the congressional debate for CD2. That's happening tonight on this Tuesday on Channel 12. And I'm interested to see that. And then on top of that, um, there was an arrest yesterday. And one of the people that got arrested, or it was actually Friday night, was one of the ferry fighters. One of the people, a member of the Pawtucket Bucket West gang, he was arrested friday night now they say it was a stolen car but they they had a weapon with them they had a gun so that's really the story that just goes to show how dangerous that was and the fact that um that they believe that uh that they tossed some of the guns overboard when they were on the ferry that's how dangerous that situation was so without question the uh the summer of 2022 one of the elements of that is going to be just the fact of the um the amount of was the whole block island ferry fiasco and what what was you know going on with that and what happened with that and and you're really you know the more the time goes on you're going to start to see that that some of these people that were out there and on the ferry and fighting this wasn't just a disagreement this this was, in fact, um, they were very, very dangerous people with firearms. And then they were throwing them overboard, both the, the knives and the guns. So a story to watch today is it will be the trial for that Providence police officer, Lugo, accused of assaulting the woman at the pro-abortion rally. So that he's in court today. Now, I hear, I hear that he has a, a very, very solid uh, case in that. So we're going to kind of monitor that 
as the the day goes along but he from what i understand they have done a very good job to break down a lot of the video and uh it's it's not what people first thought it was that's what i'm hearing that the officer lugo trial um could certainly go a, a different way and it may have a completely different outcome than what some people had thought so folks the uh, again primary is two weeks from today two weeks from today and th this is it i mean some of these campaigns if anyone is going to um make a move now is going to be the time i'm also seeing you know i've heard that this person been this person's been in custody for some quite some time where the 15 year old that was um shot and killed in in providence but i i heard um contract regarding the person of interest in the son's death um the only emotion i have uh i i don't know what to make of that whole thing the 15 year old from west warwick or uh who found himself in providence but i had heard that that they had they knew i mean she even stated that she knew that night exactly who was involved with it but i i i am hearing that that is going to be a self-defense case that there was actually a fight over a firearm that's what i had heard from uh some sources in the area so we'll keep an eye um, on that so folks there's a lot of news on this uh, tuesday and on the on the national front it's just it's hard to believe when i'm looking um at some of these headlines regarding how president trump just continues to to uh to lead in the headlines and 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 it shouldn't be because this the 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 inside dealings of the legal element of this are just outweigh we don't we don't know what's going on we don't uh this battle over the document what's in the what's in the documents i mean the whole thing just seems um seems like a huge distraction and seems unnecessary and hopefully that will get sorted out all right it is tuesday folks a lot more head right here on the john DePietro show propane plus in rhode island for all your propane needs call them 401 885-4209 in massachusetts you can reach them at 508-252-3359 propane heating and cooling it's propane plus their team's been there three generations they're available 24 7 for service and delivery and they plan on serving you for a long time to come they offer online billing ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 .9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics, this week. Joining me, he is the managing editor, AnchorRising.com. It is Justin Katz. Justin, I'd like to start off with, just because I, I believe you would definitely have uh, quite the perspective, inside perspective, actually, to um, what kind of blew up. Uh, we are Nelly Gorbea, Secretary of State put out a campaign commercial going after Governor McKee. By the way, finally, someone's bringing up the FBI probe. But there were various sources she used that information. For whatever reason, I think it was an out-of-state firm that did the ad. They used uh, a piece that was written in National Review Online, which was established by William Buckley, well-regarded, well-known, conservative uh, publication. But they used it. And it was something written by someone we, we both know, which is Mike Stenhouse. And it had to do with Governor McKee. And that set off this firestorm where they, they were basically attacking the fact that she used this piece from National Review Online. Now, granted, it, it didn't have to do with the FBI. It was just like a negative headline. But I, I, I was a little bit astounded how the local media was just taking this. And McKee's running ads now, this, this narrative of this uh maga uh you know trump right wing blah 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 how like how dear that's how it's just dismissed i, I want to hear your thoughts and perspective on the national review online mike stenhouse piece and the whole flare up with with the gorbea commercial 
Well, I, I think it indicates a, ve a very dangerous attitude that we've, we've been seeing more and more in Rhode Island. I mean, I, I remember the, the first time I went on the, the local pub NPR station, Rhode Island Public Radio, uh, I was going on a political roundtable and they had The Nation, which is kind of the left wing version of National Review uh, on their, in their waiting area, but no National Review. And I, I mentioned that on air and they edited that out, which I thought was funny. But, wow. um, but that was that, that kind of attitude you you cannot have that. I mean, National Review is about as mainstream as you can get. They had a lot of yes. internal turmoil uh, debating uh, Donald Trump and Make America Great Again, which which McKee's attacking it as as National Review, a MAGA magazine or something like that. I mean, it's just not. And if if your if your political group in this state case, mainstream Democrats in Rhode Island cannot tolerate reference to to a, a mainstream intellectual publication from that often disagrees with your your political stance that's not a not a good sign at all and i think further further evidence of of the the problem here is the uh one reason perhaps that the they they had to go for this and i mean as you said they the headline wasn't even, it was something about COVID. It, the story was about COVID or something like that, COVID restrictions rather than the the ILO contract. Uh, but they had to go that deep to find anything like that because nobody's reporting on it. It's not as if progressive or, or demo-friendly yes. uh, publications are are going after McKee for corruption. It, they're just not. It's, it's So on the one hand, you're not allowed to, to reference the opposition. Uh, and on the other hand, you're not allowed to, to say anything bad about your own side. Uh, that's not, that's not a healthy combination. Uh, and I, I think it, it kind of comes home in a pretty concrete way for me. I mean, I, I connected it in my mind with uh, you being attacked on a job recently. Uh, that, yet that's not a major story around Rhode Island uh, journalist circles, right? I mean, it's not as it's not as if every their headlines, you know, about how how much danger journalists are in in Rhode Island, that kind of thing. It's it's almost as if you're you're allowed to to attack conservatives uh, in Rhode yes. Island, and you're not allowed to reference them. You're not allowed, but and you're allowed to attack them. Uh, same thing was when when the, the activists tried to blind you with a laser. I mean, you just it, or or even look at uh, the, <laughs> the the attack on Lugo and. and during the, the pro-abortion rally yeah you know, that, that, that that's where all this starts is this attitude and so our politicians up to mckee who is continues to compound my disappointment in him uh you, that's where it starts is this attitude of these people are untouchable you can't talk to them you can't reference them anything they say must be wrong uh and we saw it i mean this is actually the second time the center has been the boogeyman. The first was when Matos attacked uh, Ruggiero, 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 her uh, lieutenant governor opposition for, for agreeing to participate in a debate hosted by the center. And Matos dragged me into that one as well. But yeah. you just, any association with, with different ideas or different groups is, is just put away. And we see it in, in every angle. This is why Rhode Island can't fix itself. It's this, this terrible, uh, this terrible just kind of attitude that frankly goes it's almost it, it's getting to borderline fascism where you're just not yes. allowed to this here's this group you're just not allowed to associate with and anything they say we, we you know we, they're 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 less than human and that's really where it's going and and you would hope somebody in Rhode Island politics would start to say something but they're just not well it, it, there's a lot there and again folks so with Justin Katz managing editor anchorising.com I'll just first touch on my situation you know you're exactly right it is kind of comical because there was a situation that uh, there was a local reporter female someone left her a very you know a mean voicemail basically saying that she she looked she's obese and she looked heavy on the air that that garnered unbelievable reaction locally it even got her a call from then governor Chita Raimondo I, I I had someone who's who's up that's felony assault which is with with a, a deadly weapon and um I, I granted the whole episode did get get coverage but I understand what you're saying but Justin into this with McKee the way it's almost accepted as you know oh anyone that might be conservative or republic is now a right-wing MAGA loving election denier like the the generalizations are just incredible, but it it kind of started with the reaction that, well, not kind of started, but another example is Helena Folks that she donated, right? The CVS PAC donated to um, 
to the Trump campaign, but also that she made a personal donation to Mitch McConnell. And I mean, there was no pushback that she was apologizing when to me it easily could have been, okay. so she's running a Fortune 500 company, made a donation to the Senate majority. That's hardly like like that is seemed and deemed a worse defense than the fact that McKee is the subject of an FBI probe. But National View Online, I was just surprised there wasn't more pushback because, as you know, William Buckley was, you know, a very celebrated conservative, highly regarded, well-respected, as you said. It's about as mainstream as they get. But they're allowed to. McKee's actually doing a commercial. And he he even says they had to take it down because they were lying. Well, they weren't lying. It's just where they were coming under fire was the news source that they used, for instance, if if somehow somebody used they used a commercial where Tucker Carlson was discussing Governor McKee, it'd be, oh, my God, she's using a right wing MAGA election denier, you know, white supremacist Tucker Carlson commercial. That is the mindset and mentality that we're at right now. Right. And I, I think your reference to uh, McKee called called them, you know, well, the, their big lie about election denial. That's kind yeah. of that's actually what he's doing is a is literally a form of the the progressive big lie technique i mean that's right any question you raise about about election outcomes oh that's election denial you know that oh you're you're you know they instantly attack as if it's just beyond the pale even to discuss it and that's right your national review is not a publication that's going to go out there and and raise unfounded you know conspiracy theories they'll they will you know investigate and and dig into it. I mean, one of the most intensive editorial processes I've ever been through is writing for a, a couple articles for the National Review. Wow. Uh, that that's you know they're 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 a responsible publication. So yes. what he's really saying there is you cannot question election results, at least when it comes to Democrats. Uh, if you know Republicans win, then it's you know Russia, 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 uh, conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory, and that's all right in a New York Times, but that's that's all permitted. But uh, but what they're really doing is not just attacking the National Review, they're making it impossible for anybody to question very questionable activities on a Democrat side when it comes That's to election. Right. And that, that ought to concern everybody. And frankly, the certainly locally in Rhode Island, the news media is not interested in, in defending journalism in that regard either. No. And I also want to just point out um, that it does kind of go both sides because there are the extreme <clears throat> on the right that anytime if I mention that there was an article, you know, in the New York Times or the Washington Post, they say, oh, that that's all lies, which is so absurd, as you and I know, to, you know, President Trump was successful in pointing out it wasn't his imagination. There was bias towards him, especially, you know, Jim Acosta, Don Lemon, people at CNN. But if there, if there's an adult that actually thinks that everything printed, if like if they pulled up the front page of the New York Times, everything on their front page, every story is a lie. That that is irrational. It is it is ludicrous. Um, you know, the both of those newspapers. Granted, there there is definitely bias in both, but they also have you know tremendous reporters, investigative stuff. Um, so it does kind of go to both sides. Justin Katz. On top of that, um, I, I just think I was surprised it's taken this long. And what what is your reaction that the folks campaign, despite all that, they are silent and. Gorbea, I, I give her credit. At least somebody finally launched a commercial talking about the fact that Governor McKee, whether he likes it or not, but he is the subject of an FBI probe with the ILO contract. Yeah, that's that's a big question. Where where is where are these people? And that's one of the, the strange things. I, you know, it kind of makes you think that's that's why there was such an attack on Gorbea for this, right? Because they're this is a weak spot, and they're just they've managed to prevent somehow get everybody to to avoid mentioning it. You know, and we we've discussed how it seems as if uh, McKee has threatened to back out of forums and such if if the he sensed there was a chance that this might come up. So they definitely want to keep this quiet. And so now they've turned this into an attack on Gorbea, which again, very much a, a kind of communist big lie strategy is, you know, attack so that they don't just, nobody notices what, the, what they're saying is actually true in the substantive ways. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it is very surprising. It's as if they've all agreed. I mean, they, they've got very narrow ideological 
rules they all follow. They've, they've all kind of agreed they're not going to go after each other uh, to some extent. Uh, and Gorbea was sort of broke that trust, I guess. Uh, it is surprising, particularly with folks. I, but it makes you wonder if they're all just kind of terrified of the same kind of treatment Gorbea is getting. You know, just you're, I mean, you, you can make sure your ad, your ad or your your mailer doesn't have any you know obvious errors to be attacked on and you could even be careful about not citing a mainstream conservative publication but uh the the experience of recent politics is if you if you kind of step on that line you will be attacked and that's part of the problem with, with social media as well i mean you don't know you know it's it'd be relatively easy for a, a mid-sized campaign team to generate the impression that there's outrage at something their opposition has done or said. Uh, you know, you just have people tweeting or going on Facebook, and, oh, MAGA, MAGA National View or, or whatever. A lot of folks did this or that or the other thing. And it could be a, a couple dozen people who all work for a campaign, but you can't really tell that. That's right. Good point. Uh, and then, and then, uh, obviously, you'll, you'll get in some of the rabble rousers who, like I say, a tier a Mac type person who'll jump in just for the sheer joy of the chaos. Sure. Uh, make it seem like it's not just a campaign activity, but that's that's I think really hamstringing a bunch of the uh, the Democrats in the, the main the main races in Rhode Island at this point. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Justin Katz, politics this week, right here on the John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, Incorising.com. Justin, I want to stay on the uh, the race for governor and just get your thoughts on it. To me, whether it's the race for governor or race for mayor, the media seems perplexed at the, the way the campaign's being run. They, they, you know, you're hearing the stuff that there's really not a lot of interest to me, I think it's more accurate of what you and I have kind of touched on. Which a, a problem is with, with the Democrats in a primary, they're all basically kind of saying the same thing, number one. Number two, I think a lot of the ways that the campaigns are, the way they're running them, they're almost outdated at this point. You know, I've been saying for the entire campaign season, people are just not watching television and certainly not in the summertime. But that doesn't stop where they just spend and burn through all this money on television with very mediocre ads, Helena Folkster meet the press. It's still the high and she's still like, hello. And I'm telling her story. Like I, I, I think they have not adapted to, you know, where people are right now and getting there. So how do you reach people in 2022? I think the whole notion that right now early voting is underway, which is ludicrous also comes into play. Um, but you don't see anyone trying anything Different, And I'm just before we hear your response, I'll, I'll just give an analogy. You would think someone might try almost like a version of I, I don't know about Trump rallies, but kind of like I'm going to do some open town hall meetings around the state and and supporters can come and get like there's nothing There's I, I don't see. I just got a mailer the other day. I mean, actually even saving the mailers because you don't get a lot of them. But I want to hear your thoughts on, on just where you think the races and the campaigns are. Well, I, I, yeah, I think the as we've discussed, a lot of a lot of the focus is now on you know getting being the person that the mail ballot collectors, the harvesters, yes, will yeah. will help elect, and that means right. not upsetting any inside Democrats or or not going too far in that regard. You can't drift too far in certain policy positions. So there there is a high cost to these folks 
if they if they try to do something innovative or or different, as we saw with Corbea with this ad. You know, if they try to just step outside a little bit and they mess up and they misstep, there's a high cost for them, uh, and that, right down to whether they'll pe- people will go out and write their names on ballots uh, for for mail ballot harvesting. And that that's that's just an assumption on my part. I'm not making a factual claim uh, for legal reasons, but the um, I think another part of it is that the sorts of people who would do that, who are actually competent and who would do something innovative and new, just are not running in Rhode Island. And we've talked about this before, too. It's yeah. just there's no there's there's no incentive for them. They'll be attacked. They'll be smeared. Uh, they'll they'll be blocked at every step, even if they get into office. And so the the people who are running are all kind of they're they're go along get along people they've they've waited in line in the, the local democrat party or or they're trying to skip ahead in line but they're still acknowledging there's a line you know, they're just those those people and they're they're not very competent to do much other than you know play the insider game and i think that that shows they they were very comfortable with this idea that we all run ads and we all do this and now they're very comfortable with the idea that you just stay on, on the good graces of the people on the inside uh, so that they'll they'll harvest ballots for you and, and pull union levers and all that kind of stuff but there, there's no incentive to to try to innovate and it's really the harm is to Rhode Islanders because we, we don't have a choice really and a lot of things that should be more highly exposed like McKee's ILO corruption are right. not because there's just not that's our political system is supposed to work that way and i mean this is it's really just a sharper version of what folks like you and i have been complaining about for decades which you know you need a pretty a reasonably strong opposition party so that there's a cost when corruption happens you can't just rely on the ethics commission and the attorney general to 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 really get the, the worst of the worst corruption, you need another party in there that's able to take political advantage of the you know, sort of endemic corruption that may not be illegal, but is certainly wrong. Uh, and that, that you, you need that. And we don't, we haven't had that for a long, long time in Rhode Island. And I think that's, it's coming down to this, uh, this you know, competition of mediocrities for, for the highest offices in state government. Justin, do we see <clears throat> I mean, right now, I, I don't I think the Matt Brown is campaign is the Matt Brown campaign, whatever that is. He could be totally executing. He could whatever his strategy is. He may think that it's working brilliantly, but I, I just I don't understand it. Uh, the folks campaign. This is the I, I, I think they're very quiet at a time. They need to be louder. But do we have any reason to believe I almost feel that McKee has outpivoted Gorbea <clears throat> where because, as I said, the union members that are all, you know, being bought off. I mean, the IOUs that he's getting for these endorsements is just going to be astronomical. But then they've agreed that they'll collect the ballots of all their members. Do you see any indication that this is anything more than it's going to be a tight race in the primary between Dan McKee and Nelly Gorbea? Any evidence that it's anything beyond that? No, no. And uh, I think this is now is, I mean, folks ought to be mo- on the move at this point. She, she's trailing by so much. She needs to try something. Exactly. Yeah. And so she, she would need to try something. She, and she's not, which is, which is surprising. So I'm not sure, uh, you know, what, what she, she's thinking. It's, it's not, she needs to grab, I think by the layouts of the demographics and the support, of the various candidates, she needs to grab McKee voters, and she's doing nothing to accomplish that. So it, it is, it is somewhat mysterious, and I don't know if it's because you know she has, she likes her reputation, and, and she's afraid if she missteps, you know, she'll be that could come under attack by political hacks. Maybe that's part of it, but no, she's she's certainly not. Well, doing maybe they anything. don't know what to do. I mean, she's never yeah. run before. She's already fired some people. Um, it's possible that they just don't know what to do at this point. That, <laughs> well, because I, that's I, a bad would, I, I mean, I think you had even mentioned that a problem was, was you know, the fear that if you if she were to go after McKee, that that actually helps go Abea. But she's almost kind of like in, in 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 purgatory here, where you know she's she's not moving up or down, but she's not moving. So it could be just they are frozen and they're not sure what to do at this point because. Uh, unless something changes and look how late the debates are. I mean, this is crazy just because so many people have voted 
But I um, I'm looking for evidence that this is more than just those two individuals. But but uh, folks, it's just kind of she's just I don't know, status quo. This I think it's a very important week unless they're just putting all efforts into collecting ballots, which I, I suppose is possible. But mm. if anyone if we've been waiting for a breakout moment, it, it certainly has not. I don't think it's emerged yet. Not even close. Um it is interesting, Justin Katz, and a lot of people don't get that sometimes, you know, you can just feel when a campaign turns and a lot of, gets a lot of momentum. I, I haven't – all of these races, uh, the CD2 race, the Democrats, it, it started as a magazine. There's, there's four people in the race. No one can seem to get any traction against him. We have no reason to believe that, that that's going to flip. I see no evidence of that. And and then even the, the Democrats for governor, it's – it's just this all along been McKee and, and Gorbea and, and no one, as we said, doing anything really dramatic to try to drastically change the dynamic of the race. Right. Well, and I think, as you said, Matt Brown has, I think he's got whatever ulterior motives. He's got funders yeah. who want him to run a campaign for some reason. So I don't yeah. think he's even all concerned about winning. Um, well, that's good. But the, <laughs> well, I'm I'm not very concerned about his winning. So, yeah. but I I don't think he is, which he ought to be as a candidate. But but the folks campaign. I mean, that's that's just a. I mean, if if she's not doing anything at this point, it's a sign that she shouldn't be in office because just the straightforward calculation. If your objective is to win the the yeah. role of um, and it may not be maybe she has some old other motive herself but this is the time you try stuff she has yes. she, she has nothing to lose uh, right. 17 10% is no worse than 17% when when you're running for a single office right one person's going to win with a majority of the vote it, whatever you get that's not that majority it really doesn't matter that much unless she's trying for a longer term play and she doesn't want to mess up her next run if she's doing that but even then you, you, she she ought to be trying something you know, she ought think. to be doing something visible and she's just not but i think that i part part of it just occurred to me that part of what may seem so strange here is Rhode Island's you know Rhode, the main election in Rhode Island, in many ways, is the Democrat primary. Yes. Uh, at this point, and so you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of an awkward thing because they're all Democrats. They don't want to do too much to hurt each other. They don't want to bloody each other too much. Um, but at the same time, once this primary is over, that's in many ways that's it. Except maybe in, in a CD two district race and potentially Ashley Kalis will get some traction with the governor. But, but in general, the attitude is that the Democrat primary is the whole thing. And so they're not, but they're not acting like it because they don't want to go for other Democrats. And that's, I think that's part of what's making it so feel so weird. Folks, quick break, much more head politics this week, Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com right here on the John DePietro show. The next time you have an emergency, Head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care. Urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine. Diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions you someone in your family suffering from covid you want to go straight to atmed urgent care two locations johnston 1524 atwood avenue suite 122 or east greenwich 5750 post road online at atmedurgentcare.net our segment is politics this week with me is justin katz managing editor anchorising.com justin i want to just touch on some of the other races um for instance, like the general treasure race, I saw someone post, they actually posted me, boy, they, they both seem like great candidates. I, I read the both profiles of uh, Diosa and Fryer in the Providence Journal. It's too bad one of them has to lose. And my response was like, I, are you kidding me? Diosa, the last we heard of went on 26 trips. The guy was like, let's break this down. Was he the, Yeah, he was the manager of Central Falls, which is one square mile. 
which granted 20,000 residents, 18, 20,000 residents, Central Falls, but nowhere else in the country would you take one square mile and even incorporate a mayor. But um, and, and, and prior, he was the one that, you know, he signed off of the Superman building. He signed off on the soccer stadium, which is even more ludicrous than the Superman building. Um, it's clear the two of them don't like each other. I, I think that's it could be a good race. But just your thoughts on that primary. Well, I, the, that article by Paul Edward Parker in the, in the Providence Journal was was really I, very much in line with what we were just talking about. I think yeah. it's just it's as if oh, these are both you know mainstream Democrats. We too bad we can't have both of them. You know, it's just it was it was very a strangely glowing article, uh, especially at this point in the race. Uh, of, to, to not find anything critical. I mean, the, if you look at both, so Dios's claim or Parker's claim about Dios is that he was he was a turnaround mayor for Central Falls, saw it through a dark times. You know, if you if you remember what happened, the state kind of swept in there and largely with changing some laws on pensions and, and giving a bunch of money, the state made it. I mean, Dios was just in a good position to to ride along. And that's tellingly in the Parker article, you, you can't really cite anything he specifically did that made much of a difference other than not messing it up with corruption, which is something in Rhode Island, but not everything. And Pryor's claim for Parker is very similar. I mean, it's just he, he was head of the, the district uh, authority in lower Manhattan after 9-11, or he, he became the head. But that, again, was an area where there was so much attention and so much help and so much money flowing into that effort. It was a national effort. You know, you, you almost just had to stay out of the way and be a reasonable bureaucrat to to do be successful in that kind of a, a turnaround and i think that's what both of them are and you know you could make the case that a general treasurer should be like that but just the the glowing profiles when really to me the story is 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 either of them really knowledgeable about accounting or or the sorts of things or pensions or the sorts of things that a general treasurer will will take ownership of I, i'm not so sure but that that the glowing profiles maybe as you said it could be an interesting race and maybe that's part of it everybody's just trying hope just likes that one of the races seems to have some some real competition to it or some real some meat on the bones but the the idea that they either of them is is extremely competent or 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 anything other than kind of reasonably good bureaucrat uh is is not good and as 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 you say, the uh, Dios's trips and any hint of scandal is just not being inserted into this race, even though they don't yeah. like each other. It's, it's just right. kind of strange. You know what else Justin Katz is? And I want to get your thoughts on the Providence mayoral. And, you know, if there was ever a race that to me it would be fun, like that I, and I don't live in Providence, but I, 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 a race I would actually want to run would be the Providence mayoral, <laughs> simply because you have three people again. You know, I think the expression is they're all basically in the same pew in the church. But the, talk about an opening. If there were, and you don't have it, but some kind of a, you don't even have to be a, a Republican, but just an independent. Uh, Mike Bloomberg was a very good mayor in New York City, but a mayor that would say, listen, first of all, I'm going to lower taxes, number one. Number two, we, we're, we're taking on the teachers union and we're going to, that's because that's really, no one will talk, that's what's really has destroyed and it's just a stranglehold and hostage situation even on the, the Providence schools. We're going to make it a safe city. We're going to make it a clean city. Uh, we're going to get rid of the panhandlers and the, the homeless and the vagrants. And we're going to be an easy place to do business. The Providence mayoral, it, it's all like they're all like basically answering the same with their questions. I mean, this this is beyond status quo. This would be whoever wins. It seems to be just another extension of of the Alorza debacle that we've seen. Uh, I think so too. I mean, it, it makes me sad for Providence. I just got back from a, uh, a business trip in Montreal and you drive through Boston cranes building Montreal, there are cranes everywhere. It's as if oh, they yeah. can't build enough. That is not what you see in Rhode Island. And so what you have, what you have for running for mayor, you got Smiley who he, he's, he, I guess he's closer to the, the, you know, meat and potatoes run the city well but as you say he's not talking about crime he's talking about plowing the streets which is like small town politics there's not really you know i'll, I'll run the city well well that's not an inspiring vision i mean it, it's better than nothing but uh, and then you've got one of his i guess 
one of his central competitors, who Elors uh, endorsed, uh, Gonzalo Cuervo. He wants to. He and he mentioned the teachers' union. He actually wants to create a a program to subsidize home purchases for city employees and the teachers unions, which is the complete opposite direction this needs to go. I mean, you could make a case it's nice to have those people living in your your community, but to create a new benefit for the insiders of the city, that's exactly what's killing it, is that sort of that sense that there's an aristocracy and everything is run for them on their behalf. And I that's there's just no there's no hint of opposition and, or, or anybody who might do something different to really get the city where it should be as an East Coast, uh, mid-sized East Coast city between Boston and New York. There's just nobody has that vision. And I think it goes back to, to what we say again and again is the, there's just no incentive for the kind of person who would do that to enter the race. And Rhode Islanders are going to suffer for it, but they have themselves to blame for it because they're, they're just tolerating that they, these are their choices. Um, also, folks, again, our segment is politics this week. Um, Justin, Cranston Mayor Alan Fung uh, is going up on the air. And, you know, I, 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 most of the time they, they wait till after the primary. But I'd like to know your thoughts on where you think the, the Fung campaign is, whether or not that, that's a good move. I, I think it also, in some ways, it signals that he's certainly going to have enough cash if you're going this early up on on television, even though I'm not sure how effective that is. But I'd like to hear your thoughts on uh, the state of the, the CD2 race with, with former Chris Mayor Alan Fung and just the decision to, I mean, it's, he's going up. It's, we're still in August here. And then his general election really doesn't start until uh, Wednesday, September 14th. Yeah, it is. It is early. And I, I wonder if he just if he's so flush with money that or expects money that he, he wants to get on the air now. I mean, there's not a lot of time left before November at the end of the day. On the other hand, in the thick of of the Democrat primary, reminding them that they've I think it'll, it's still the last poll had fun beating Magaziner, um, the, you know, reminding them that he's there certainly is not going to uh, prevent well, certainly Magaziner will try to say, well, you guys need to back me and get behind me and, and that way we can beat Alan Fung. So it's a reminder that he's out there as a comp competitor. On the other hand, you know, it's it seems like from what I've read, it's going to be a, a relatively a positive ad about Fung, which, you know, there's not a lot of time left and just getting his name out there in positive ways is is good. But uh, or and it could be also not only that he has a lot of money, he may maybe they've decided that the, the Democrat primary is more or less over for practical purposes uh, with Magaziner going to win. And so there's no real reason to, to keep their own powder dry. Isn't it amazing, Justin Katz, where in the past uh, when campaigns, you could almost feel, you know, as much as they were saying Gorbea, it's an act of desperation. I, I don't think the FBI probe uh, commercial i didn't think it was as an act of desperation i think it was much needed to me it's like well, what, what took you so long but what would you what does seem to be missing and i'll mention like helena folks and then in the cd2 race i, I don't understand if you're Sa that sarah morgenthau i mean do they do they not understand like it, it becomes it's kind of like in a, in a in a football game where they just start throwing the bombs the long passes like it's it's now or never i I, I'm, I'm, I am uh, thrown as to the seemingly lack of urgency as we're watching the click is, the, the clock is ticking down here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the same as you indicated with the governor and the CD2 race. And a lot of the problem is you, you really have to set expectations early. You can't wait till the last minute. And your, your sports analogy is it's perfect. You can't wait till the last minute and just start throwing the ball, hoping for that that connection that that turns the game around in the last you know five minutes. I mean, it, it can happen from time to time, but that that's you've got to lay foundations very early, and there the dynamics just are not there in a Democrat party to to do that. Uh, they just can't disagree beyond a very narrow band and they're, they're just competing for that insider status so that they can get the mail ballots and all that uh, but uh, you're right there's you'd, you'd think like Siegel's a far left progressive you'd think he'd be he'd be doing something to, to get more attention or but yeah it's it's, it's kind of mysterious so it makes you wonder as we've discussed before with Joy, Joy Fox and what are they running for what, what are they even there for? It's almost, it's almost like it's a hobby for a lot of them and if, if the things go their way then they'll, they'll you know 
fill the role if they need to, but maybe, which, you know, raises the possibility that a lot of them are, maybe should be jockeying for position <clears throat> within the establishment. So maybe they don't win the congressional seat, but they get a job in that, in that, um, in the, that, uh, it's not an administration, but in that office uh, for, for making some promises or last minute endorsements, or, or, or maybe they just, you know, somebody who opposed Magaziner has a nonprofit and they'll become the, you know, they'll work there because they, you know, got attention that way. It, it really starts to feel more like, almost like, I don't know, internship or undergrad career moves where you do something to put on your resume and ran for, ran for Congress, you know, and, and then you can advance within that insider group. It, but it is, it is mysterious and it's, it's not really how our system is supposed to produce competent well, elected officials. I'll, I'll say yeah. that. Folks, yeah, again, our segment is politics this week. It is Justin Cash. Justin, excellent job as always, and we will talk to you again. Thank you, John. Always a pleasure. The Senadale Revival. Stop it and see them comfort food and cocktails. You're going to love the Senadale Revival, located 2025 Smith Street, North Providence, right in Senadale, right across from North Providence Town Hall, Delicious food, delicious drinks, live entertainment on the weekends. Shane and his crew, they're waiting for you. A great time is going to be had by all at the Senadale Revival, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Home Again Consignment, located Governor Francis Shopping Center, fine furniture, art, antiques, glassware, jewelry, buy, sell, or sell in consignment, and estate sales are provided. It's Home Again Consignment. Call John, 401-463-3310. Again, located right in Warwick in the Governor Francis Shopping Center. Home Again Consignment. To the John DePietro Show, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Remember, weekdays, 11 to 2 but visit the website dipetro.com that's the best way to reach me there's a direct link contact john we also have all our sponsors right there we have unique original reporting stories videos also all our links to social media whether it's facebook when we do facebook live or youtube or twitter it's all right there at the website dipetro.com and then remember once you're there you can also visit the shop we have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there. Folks, it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com. And on the left-hand side, you can always listen live. Again, all our links, everything begins and ends right there at the website dipetro.com. Remain healthy. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401-305-3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skin care. It's my health. Poppin' and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401 305 3585 diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant.